What's going on, family? What's going on? What's going down? What's shaking? Welcome to another episode of Jonathan's Soul. Family, I got a fantastic guest in the building. Somebody who not only has uh, given us the tremendous artwork uh, in Niobe, She is Life from Stranger Comics. Somebody that not only gave us some dope artwork over on uh, Tomb Raider up under Dark Horse. Somebody who's also worked for Marvel and Image, as I recall. Ladies and gentlemen, Ashley Woods. How you doing, sister? Hey, how's it going? Good, <laughs> good, good. Awesome intro. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I love to have you. Even though we only talk twice, you know what I mean, on the microphone, but we've, you know, chatted back and forth on uh, Twitter and stuff. So, oh, yeah. The last time I actually interacted with you, you was about to do some kind of live illustration. Was that on Twitter or Instagram? And what was that about? Uh, so lately I've been doing live streams actually since, uh, about a week ago, I've been doing, uh, live streams on Facebook and IG, mm-hmm. just something new that I'm finding out. Okay. Um, so I finally have the time to explore that and it's been fun. Okay. 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 So I got to ask, let me just got right off the bat. Everybody knows I interview, you know, comic book creators and stuff, but Hey, we in a vibration that's unique in this country's history. Let me get right into it. How you doing? With the quarantine, I'm I'm hanging in there. You know, uh, typically this is my normal. I'm, I'm used to it. You know, it feels familiar, but I'm ready to go outside. I'm ready to socialize and be okay. in the sun. That's the yeah. thing I was thinking about. I was like, most illustrators work by themselves anyway. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean. I mean, you might hear the people walking the dog or something outside or whatever. Now, I do remember on your Twitter, you used to, like, take pictures about a lake or something, all that kind of stuff. You don't do that no more? What happened? Start off my, my, my day with a, a walk, see the sunrise, pictures of flowers. Yeah. So is that <laughs> is that, like, your meditation or? Um, It's, it's a way to stay grounded. And, okay. um, yeah. Now, if I'm getting too personal, you can, like, do your little sign because I'm watching your video. But you seem like a spiritual person but not religious. Is that right? Like religious mean I, was, I go to church every Sunday, I give them 10% of my commission, that type of thing. Well, I was raised in the Christian household. For the most part, I would say that's correct. Yeah. Um, I, I have some questions about the spiritual side of things as well. Okay. Um, so I'm open. I'll say that. Okay. I'm okay. Pretty, okay. When I was I younger, still, I was like mm-hmm. mad religious. Okay, and I say religious because I understand the difference between spiritual and religious now. I didn't when I was young. Mm. I thought I did, but I didn't. And uh, when I say religious, I mean like one of those like uh, preach on the corner type religious type people. I remember Mm -hmm. um, uh, we (laughs) this is showing you the difference in religion and spirituality. Me and this other young guy, we was preaching in this apartment complex in D.C. It was like Mm. drug infested and everything. And uh, we was preaching Jesus, God, this whole thing, or whatever. And so that's that's really all we were offering. Now, the next, uh, it was a Saturday. The next Saturday, the Nation of Islam came through, and they disarmed uh, a drug dealer who was carrying a shotgun. That's real spirituality, taking a drug dealer off the street. So I, I kind of, you know what I mean? I started to see the difference, you know. And, um, you know, got into college and, you know, your freshman year in college, you know, people question everything. 
And right. uh, and uh, I, I got into those debates with history and stuff like that. And uh, long story short, I studied so much history. I studied my way out of religion. So anybody who's religious, whatever you do in life, don't study history because you'll recognize the patterns. You know what I mean? Recognize the patterns. Now, speaking of patterns, I mm -hmm. feel like you have a really interesting grasp in your artwork on like the feminine, uh, I want to say heroic character, but like the feminine heroic character. I don't like the way Wonder Woman is drawn with muscles or, you know, they a woman doesn't have to be muscular to be heroic. And your characters are very feminine. Can you talk about that a little bit? Um, that's just what resonates with me personally. Uh, every artist has a little bit of themselves within their artwork, mm -hmm. even when they're even when they're not creating for themselves. Okay. Um, I think right now, uh, in the in as well as in the recent years. Playing with femininity and female characters and, and what a strong female character is, that's been explored on a, a wider basis beyond what we're used to seeing, you mm -hmm. know, just like uh, what people would consider just attractive and eye candy. Sure. I know a lot of a, a lot of women in society had an issue with that. Um, and a lot of times pe uh, women felt objectified. And I think that's why we started seeing female superhero characters with, with harder bodies. Okay. Uh, my personal aesthetic, uh, like I said, I like, well, hmm, let me, <laughs> I, I tend to go for something softer, but that isn't a good or bad thing. That's just my natural inclination. I have created characters, uh, you know, as such that you mentioned before, with harder bodies, but, um, me personally, I never really looked into it too deeply. Okay. You know? um, okay. I said when we first interviewed. Not, not not to sound not to sound dismissive. Oh no, it's just, it's all gravy. It's all gravy. Um, I was gonna say that when we first interviewed, I said your artwork made me feel calm. Mm. Yeah, it I just remember. it just had a nice little little kind of uh, I don't know energy about it. So so during this period, there's no. Uh, comic book conventions right now. So, yeah. uh, you know, of course you've done artwork, so, you know, you've probably been paid for the books already. Are you doing commissions? I mean, like, like how is the business for you during this period of quarantine? Um, I have a few. I haven't taken on any new commissions. Okay. Uh, currently, I'm finishing up some commissions from uh, C2E2. Um, but my main source of income right now is clientele work. And um, so I was contacted a few months ago. I, you know, I, I guess uh, you know, word of mouth. Mm -hmm. I was reached out. I was reached out. Uh, a client reached out to me, and so this current project is going to uh, sustain me uh, for you know a little while. So Thank I'm okay. God. Beautiful. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, I'm I'm considering not considering. I'm planning to launch an online store in the coming in the coming uh weeks or months okay so i've been uh studying different platforms you know to do that i pretty much know what i'm going to do i just, I just need to build it mm -hmm. but um, 
Can you give us a hint yeah. as to what might be on there? Is it T-shirts? Is it uh, Millennial War, to... which people have been asking about? I mean, what's what's going on with that? I'm actually I'm actually working on Millennial War now as well, since um, my schedule finally has opened up opened up enough for that. Okay, uh, which I'm ecstatic about. Okay, but on the store, I'm going to start off small and then just grow gradually over time. So okay. initially, it'll have uh, T-shirts, stickers, and uh, pens. Beautiful. And, and uh, also prints. Okay. And then we like get fancier, you know, That'd after cool. that. <laughs> That'd be cool. I want more stickers I can put on the back of my laptop. I don't see it many artists that I interview have just regular old stickers you can put on your laptop or your iPad or whatever. You know, mm, stickers yeah. are the thing. Yeah. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but me just flishing through your Instagram, I'm thinking you're a gamer. Is that true? Yeah. Yes, very okay. much so. Okay, so we're stuck in the house. What games are you playing right now? If right you got time. Now, yeah, right now um, I'm playing Doom, but the 2016 version, not not Doom Eternal, which was just released. Okay. Um, so I'm playing Doom, um, a little bit of Final Fantasy VII, uh, preparing for the remake release that comes out in two days. Oh, wow. I'm yeah. Oh, that's going to be so hype. Can but, we pause um, for a second? Tell me about Final Fantasy VII, because I interviewed a brother. Yes. Let's see here. Uh, the brother did Sankofa. He told okay. me... Let's see. <laughs> this brother right here. What's this brother's name? Uh, shit, Mitchell. Uh, and uh, he told me that when he finished Final Fantasy, I can't remember which version, he said he cried. Because he had grown so much attached to the characters that, you know what I mean? What's going on? What is I mean, even my son? He used to play. Uh, oh shit! What was it? Call of Duty, maybe or something like that. He ran a mission, and all his partners were AIs. <clears throat> but when the mission yeah. was done, he was the only one to survive. He said, "He said, Dad." I said, "What happened?" He said, "I'm I'm depressed, man." I said, "Why are you depressed, son?" He said, "Cause all my my guys died." I was like, you got PSD up in this piece? <laughs> What's going on with these games? Tell me about Final Fantasy. Well, it's, it's the nature of good storytelling. Okay. You know? Uh, let's, you know, I'll, I'll get into Final Fantasy in a second, but I just want to say, like, worst case scenario, considering what's happening right now in okay. the outside world, if society was to end for whatever reason, mm -hmm. storytelling is going to help keep us together. Think about, like, way back in the day, you know, and we had the griots, you know, okay. like storytelling is, is, it's a part of humanity. I know right. that sounds so like dramatic, but so yeah, that's, that's good storytelling. Um, how your son was, uh, he felt connected to those characters. Mm -hmm. I mean, I have moments like that as well. Uh, each Final Fantasy is, is standalone. Um, since, uh, early 2000s, I want to say, uh, starting with Final Fantasy 10, they started bringing on, uh, sequels, mm -hmm. but before, and each each game was standalone. Uh, Final Fantasy VII ha has uh, heavy themes of uh, politics, uh, okay. saving the world. Uh, the main villain at hand it starts off with Shinra, which is uh, they they double as providing the world with um, let's see like like cars and, and uh, gadgets, but they also double as um, how we will relate to nuclear energy, okay. uh, which is a, ta a taboo thing. They steal uh, the life source from the planet, which is Mako energy. So in short, 
uh, you start off with the ragtag uh, group of people called the uh, Avalanche, uh, which includes Barrett, Tifa, uh, who are two of the main characters, and of course Cloud. He joins as a mercenary, mm-hmm. and they, and not to give too much away uh, of the game, uh, it's been around for like twenty plus years. So if you don't know by now, yeah, everybody know, know by now, yeah. But um, they're destroying the, the reactors so that they can save the planet. Uh, because because the planet is dying, but it gets complicated because they're also killing people because mm. the reactors are in the slums and uh, oh, Shara. They, okay, yeah, they keep it, they keep the surrounding communities poor. They're in slums, and so every time a reactor explodes, you know, it affects the slums, and so uh, yeah, that's innocent people, and so that's that's the great uh, that's one example of great storytelling with Final Fantasy VII, um, you're rooting for Barrett and, you know, Avalanche to secede, but, you know... Right, it's a cost. Yeah. That's strange. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm reading in my little news feed how British people are setting on fire these three, these 5G towers in different parts yeah. of Britain because they think there may be some connection to the corona or whatever i don't know about that but i do know if you hold your phone in your hand too long it'll get hot you know what i mean i do know that you know the small print says that you shouldn't have it more than uh you know you should keep it like a one inch or so away from your body so that much i do know but um but that's interesting though so your characters in final fantasy and they have Mm -hmm. a righteous goal but they got to step over some poor people to achieve it so that's, right, I guess, right. that moral conflict. So I guess that moral conflict is part of good storytelling. Right, as well as um, the main, main villain, which is Sephiroth. Uh, have you heard of him? No. Sephiroth? Okay, mm-hmm. so he has the six-foot-long sword. Uh, I think it's called the Masamune, if I'm correct. And um, he's a part of Shira Corporation. And Shira has their own set of soldiers uh, and they're they're categorized in different classes. And so first class is the highest class. Sephiroth, he used he used to be a hero, and everyone looked up to him because he was very exceptional in what he did. But there was also something otherworldly about him. And the reason that was was because he wasn't fully human. And so once he learned about his background and where he came from, he totally flipped from being like this hero that everyone respected to setting towns on fire and ultimately becoming a demigod trying to rule the universe. And, you know, so it's, it's almost like how if you, if you had to correlate it to uh, something that people talk about today, such as, um, Hmm. I'm not going to go too deep into it, but like people who survived abuse. Okay. And and when they learn something about their background, when they snap, it's like that's not the right thing to do. But I understand why you did it. Sure, sure. So that's how Sephiroth was. Yeah. Okay. Wow. 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 So this is this is a question that springs to mind after listening to this Sephiroth person and the Avalanche people. In comics or in stories, do you like sympathetic villains? Yeah. You do tell me, tell me why? Because I like, I don't like sympathetic villains. I like a good guy, bad guy, bangs that pow. Simple, but you like more be, nuance. Yeah, that could be fun. Uh, the black and white, you know, good and bad. 
I like the sympathetic villain because they're more relatable. Um, and I think everybody can find them relatable uh, because we all have our reason, reasons for what we do. Okay. Uh, and we're the villain in someone's story, you know? Mm. So everything is, is really down to perception. That's one thing that I thought I understood until recently. That's like the current lesson that I'm digesting right now. Mm-hmm. Um because you can you can have a concept and you understand it from one way, one angle, but then you you know you turn it and it's like oh I didn't see it from that way. So there for a while, even if I didn't verbally express it in my mind, I would feel like I was right in certain ways. Mm-hmm. But um, and you would want to convince oh, you know I'm gonna leave that alone because I'm about <laughs> to get like really wordy. Okay, all right. There's this there's just isn't any universal well there's very few universal rights and wrongs. Okay. There are some universal proofs, but they're very few. Um a lot of things uh just deal with perception and different people's walks in life. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I mean the the older I get, the more I think that the difference between a good decision and a bad decision is if you would do it again in a year five years and 10 years kind of a thing. You know what I mean? Now, yeah. when you said that you're a villain in somebody else's story, I was like, damn, that's kind of deep. That's kind of deep. That's kind of deep. Okay. I mean, it's true because it's like, unless, unless you've gotten along with everyone you've encountered, and I'm not saying it had to be something you know, drastic. Right. But even if someone, you know, just didn't like you, I don't, I don't like Jonathan for whatever. You mm-hmm. got a red shirt on. I hate <laughs> red, so I hate Jonathan. Right, right, you know, right. yeah. Mm, okay, all right, all right. You got so heavy on me. This, this, this question is gonna sound stupid, but um, so did you like Thanos in the Avengers joint? He, I, I. Sometimes he would annoy me because I, I wish he was just like relax and chill. <laughs> but, but for the most part, um, I did relate with him. Okay. Um, you know what? Let me stop right there. I'm not very nihilistic, but there was a point in time where I was, and that was during the recession uh, back in 08. Okay. And so. In my rock bottom, I just, <laughs> this sounds like, oh, some people want to see the world burn. I didn't want to see the world burn. I just wanted, I just wanted a reset button. Mm-hmm. I didn't want anyone to suffer. I just wanted the world to start over. Mm. And that's kind of like where the similarities end because Thanos is like, he's more like Sephiroth where in order to heal you or to help you, I have to destroy you. And it's just like, nah, I wasn't like that far gone, you okay. know? Um but I could, I, I understood him in that sense. So, so when you talk about the nihilist piece, and I may be fuzzy on the definition, but when I hear people, okay, when this thing first kicked off, right, you know, like there's a guy at work that was coughing. This is in February. And God bless mm-hmm. him, but this blankety blank been coughing since fucking December. You know what I mean? And I'm, I, I said, look, brother, can you go home or somewhere? You know, it's all right, man. I started coming to work with one of these. 
I'm the only cat, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, and, and everything, whatever. And then all of a sudden, this shit happens. You know what I mean? Okay, we're going right. to have you guys go home. And then I'm waiting, I'm waiting, I'm waiting. I hear one of my boys got laid off or whatever. And I'm just like, fuck, man. And so when you mm-hmm. said reset, I'm like, when I do the calculations, <laughs> I'm not that good at math. I don't feel like you should fuck the economy for 1% of the people, for 2% of people, for 3%. Maybe that's a nihilist. That's like a Thanos snapping and 3% of people gone, but you can go back to work. That's a hard pill to swallow until you can't work. You, you feel me? So it's like... <sighs> Perception. When the thing first started, I thought, that's rude. Glenn Beck, why would you say the old people got to sacrifice for good of the economy? And then when I hear one of my peoples is hurting... Then I'm thinking, I mean, is that what you're talking about, 2008, or is it something close to that? Or, well, in 2008, because I was really immature, um, I had just graduated college, and so I say I was immature because I was just angry about my financial situation, you know, not being able to find a job for a prolonged period of time. Sure. So when I so when I say nihilism. My not my nihilism was that I couldn't find a silver lining in anything. Mm-hmm. But Thanos, you know, like I said, he <laughs> took it further. You know, he took it like <laughs> so that's why I say like the similarities, you know, ended there. Um, this time around, I feel like there's a reset happening now. Mm-hmm. And um after experiencing 2008 that made me pay attention to, it was a growing up moment. You know, okay. we're, going, we're going through, society is going through a growing up moment again. Mm-hmm. Um, and in this moment is, is what I feel like what we're meant to learn is how to be, um, it starts with the word, what's, what's, it start, it's a D word. Detached? Discipline. Discipline, okay. Well, detached, yeah, with, yeah, detached in a sense, but in this more so disciplined because mm-hmm. we're learning that we can't live on the government. We can't right. believe what they say or count on them for for whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, now's the time to really use your imagination to generate income mm-hmm. um, because there aren't any jobs available. And when I when I experienced that in, in 08, that's what made me start going really hard in Millennial War. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I was doing, you know, during the recession, just drawing comics at uh, you know, at home. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I'm trying to be empathetic because people are in different places. Sure. So for me, for me, it's easy to say, oh, you should, you know, start working on your dream, even though you don't know where your next paycheck is coming from. That's that's really hard to do, you know, because because the number one priority is trying to get some form of income, you mm-hmm. know, and then you can work your dream. And it's mm-hmm. just like, how do you find that, that balance? Um, but that happened for you though, right? But I was living at home with my mother. Okay. I wasn't paying bills, okay. you know, so I, I had that time and freedom, right? you know? Um, and that's, that's why I'm trying to like choose my words carefully. Like, Oh, you should do this. And it's like, where well, everyone's, Circumstances are different. Sure. Just like um, side tangent, but still related. 
uh, I was I mentioned it on Facebook how I was concerned about um, how people don't have the internet. You know, they say, oh, you can find work online. It's like, well, everyone doesn't have access to computers or the internet. If they do, it's, it's not stable. You know, mm. all types of things. And, and a lot of things don't come as easily or they aren't as readily available mm-hmm. for a lot of people as, as one would assume. Right. So, yeah, we keep hearing about people are going through things, and they are, but... um. It's, it's more than just like a blanketed issue. You know, sure. like when you see details like that, it's like, how can you help everyone? But um, Yeah, that's that's the challenge. I mean, generally speaking, people think their perception of the world is, is everything. You know, like when you just mm-hmm. told me people don't have internet, the first thing I'm thinking of is I see kids with cell phones. You know what I mean? Right. Kind of a thing. But for you to have a, to apply for a gig, if that's all you got is a smartphone, I mean, that's probably not the easiest thing to do. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's hard to be empathetic sometimes when you're on your grind and, you know what I mean? And there's and with jobs, they're always, there's no such thing as job security. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The, the, only, the only job security people have is they fired such and such and now they're asking me to do his job. Or he left and now they're asking me to do her job. And so, you know what I mean? It's like you know, everybody's kind of stressed. And so that's why when you were thinking of that, I was thinking detached. Because at the end of the day, if you don't do something, even if it's not full time, that brings you some joy, that's, that's connected to your dream, I think I think we're missing something. I think we're missing something. You know? No, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, you make me feel a little uh, guilty. I got to work on this uh, children's audio book that I... Uh, you got four chapters. I'm stuck on chapter four. It's like, come on, Jonathan, man. You know what you're supposed to do, man. You know what I mean? Kind of thing. I mean, you're running a, a radio show and all that. So, uh, you know, you get something done. <laughs> this, is, this is a, I'm trying to make it into something uh, a little bit more substantial, but it's so funny. I'm just cool just talking to people like yourself. You know what I mean? It's like it brings me joy kind of a thing. Because mm-hmm. I don't think the artists get together enough to talk about life. You know what I mean? Of course, we're going to talk about the comics and everything. And, and ladies and gentlemen, remember, this is audio, okay? You know, you know. Mm-hmm. but ladies and gentlemen, I got uh, Niobe She Is Life from Stranger Comics. I just bought um, Uru. Where is it on my Super oh, Duper? Oh, uh, Erico? Did I say it wrong? Er- yeah, yeah. This one right here. <laughs> this one right here. Uru, right? Oh, Dusu, yeah. Dusu, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. But go to StrangerComics.com and cop uh, Niobe, She Is Life. I got that one. And then they got Niobe, She Is Death. I think they got that one over there, too. Yeah, yeah. the current one, yeah. Mm-hmm. So we're going to wrap it up. I don't want to take up all your time and everything. I uh, totally enjoy talking to you. But um, let me let me ask you this. I know you got a you know heavy story. You should probably do your life as a graphic novel one of these days, at least a volume mm-hmm. one. But what would you say to people who maybe are not in a good place right now in terms of this quarantine. Maybe they are artists. Maybe they are people who are working, freelance or whatever. Maybe stuff dried up or whatever, depending on selling all their books at conventions and that dry. Like, what would you say to people who might not be in a good spot right now? Now's the time more so than ever to, to really honor yourself. So, 
while it's, while it's best to not rest on your laurels, when it gets too much, just check out with entertainment, whatever that may be, you know? Um, don't feel like I have to just stay on the grind. You know, I have to figure out the next step. Because sometimes you do all that you could have done in that moment and you got to let, you know, the, the pot marinate on the stove, you know, until the opportunity, you know, blossoms and calls you back, you know. So do what you can in the moment and then, you know, rest. Take care of yourself. That's beautiful. Yeah. That's beautiful. Wow. If people want to follow you on social media, if they want to buy some of the books that you've been a part of, tell them how they can do that. Okay. I'm pulling up. Make sure I get it right. All My right. uh Okay. Yeah. So you can follow me on Instagram, uh, which is Ninja, Ninja Trip. It's Ninja and Trip together. Also my Twitter, which is Ashes underscore art. Um, you can uh, pick up, uh, of course, you mentioned Stranger Comics, you know, Niobe uh, from the Stranger Comics site. Um, the current, uh, what I'm doing currently is... Um, I'm working on Millennial War, and I'm also working on a pitch called Black Malady. Hmm. And it's a, a science fiction story that I've been uh, developing for the past, uh, I want to say, three, four years now. And um, it pretty much deals with um, mental health within the Black community hmm. and, uh, you know, what happens when it goes unchecked. And so it takes on a, a science fiction twist. And, uh, yeah, so that's my next story. That sounds dope. Yeah. That sounds dope. I, there's, there's, more to, there's more to say. Right now, um, I'm in negotiations uh, with a publisher. I okay. can say that much. Wonderful. And they're, they're very much interested. So, yeah, in the meantime, until that is out, I'm going to uh, release Millennial War. Uh, Good. So. <clears throat> yeah, I've been wanting to see that one. I know that that's something you worked on way, way, way well, about ten years ago, right? Uh, Millennial War. Yeah, when you first mm -hmm. published it, you self-published many, many yeah. years ago, and so now we're going to get the new flavor and the new thing. And then your site should be up hopefully by summer, maybe something like that. Oh, sooner than summer. Yeah, sooner sooner than summer. summer. Fantastic. Yeah. Miss yeah. Ashley Woods, it's been a pleasure to have you on the program. <laughs> Thank you, Jonathan. Yay. <laughs> All right.